2002, it was guys like low-key Christopher Daniels who laid the foundation for this company. It's guys like AJ Styles and Samoa Joe that are still putting bricks on this company. Fear money! TNA is a bunch of hardworking young athletes who are looking to change the wrestling world. Grey Wolf Entertainment presents Maximum Impact with Ned and Nims. Welcome, one and all, to the Grey Wolf Entertainment Network. It is our newest wrestling pod, Maximum Impact. My name is Nim Sazor, joined for the first time by my good buddy and boss of the Grey Wolf Wrestling Network, Ned Tepper. Neddy, welcome, man. I'm so pumped to be able to do a brand new podcast with you because we're really dialing it back. We had a podcast with our buddy Jay uh, many moons ago, but uh, I'm sure he doesn't remember it. <laughs> but uh man it's good to have you on board man thank you and what an honor it is to be on board with you nim and to talk about our favorite things because when i you're known as mr tna right it is yeah, true all your, all your wrestling people and i'm also known as the tna guy so to put our tna brains together even though we've got the worst memories <laughs> hopefully you know half and half will deliver some good stuff right here but it's going to be a whole bunch of fun looking back on my favorite wrestling promotion ever total non-stop action and man what have we got in store well i thought we'd take it all the way back because it is really strange to sort of think that we're at an age and Nettie, you'd know this way more than i would having uh four growing kids that uh you know they discover things and um all of this stuff that's really new to them is like really old hat to us like stuff that appears on tiktok or in on youtube they might be coming up to you i've had friends sort of come up to me like hey did you know that kurt angle used to wrestle for this company called tna i'm like are you kidding me man are you absolutely <laughs> kidding me <laughs> I know, man. I, I get those sort of things. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're kidding, right? And that's the thing about it, man. We've got some ideas for some other shows that we've been sort of putting around and whatnot. But what I think is, is that's what makes me being okay with being old is that I know stuff like that, Nims. Like there's young people these days who don't know who Jay and Silent Bob are, who don't know that Kurt Angle was on TNA. And to me, man, that, that's not cool. I'd prefer to be old and stale. Exactly, exactly. That's why we decided to launch the Maximum Impact podcast. It's a podcast. It's basically a love letter to total nonstop action wrestling because when you think about it, that company has been going for 19 years. In fact, we're recording it on, the, we're recording this podcast on the day that Impact was formed 19 years ago. And Eddie, you want to talk about being old and stale. I'm currently wearing a Bam Margera uh, top. I don't think anyone's <laughs> had one of these since about back when we were in high school, bro. So, it, so in case anyone hasn't picked up already, we are big on the nostalgia feels. But let's talk about, let's set the stage first off about what TNA wrestling was back in the day. Now, Jeff Jarrett himself has launched his own podcast. It's called My World. It's very, very cool. I strongly recommend you jump on board. But back in 2002, you got to realize WWF a year earlier has bought WCW. ECW has gone bankrupt. It is done. We've just had an invasion storyline in the WWE that hasn't really gone too well. All of a sudden, the WWF slash WWE is the only game in town. So Jeff Jarrett decides, you know what? We need we need an alternative. And I want to ask you, Nettie, we'll start it off by just going with you. Like, what was your memory as a wrestling fan back then? Because you were a bit like me. You're a WCW guy too. Like I was very much a Nitro dude. Yeah, I did love the WWF, but you know, I was all about 
I was all about um, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, the outsiders. I was all about Eddie Guerrero. Benoit was one of my favorites. Rey Mysterio, all of those sort of cats. So this was a different time. What sort of made you, what was your snapshot of wrestling back then? But it's interesting that you bring that up, Nims, because they're the names that sort of, well, not all of them, obviously, but some of them that brought me across to the TNA side of things. But I wanted to say, before we go further on to that, you're talking about Jeff Jarrett. You got to check it out on the Grey Wolf Network, your chat with Jeff Jarrett. And he, interestingly enough, said that he considered himself more of a WWE guy, if I remember right. So strange. So strange because he was- He, he was- literally founded the company, TNA- to try and compete with WWE, yet he's saying that he's on that side of the fence, I guess because it was a WWE interview. Yeah. But yeah, for, for what you're saying right there, Nims, and uh, that time to me, like I hated it being a big time WCW guy. It was, I did think it was cool, like how there was, and I'm trying to throw back to those 20 years ago when you'd go into the WWE crowd and there was like, you know, the four horsemen or whatever, Chris Benoit and, and or an NWO and, shirt or something like that. Yeah. yeah, and, and like the guys are sitting there in the crowd and it's like, Oh, here's some familiar faces and all that sort of stuff. But the, the invasion didn't really sort of last too long. And I think when there, there was that awkward period, sort of when that sort of died off and before discovering the TNA side of things is when I, for the only time in my life sort of fell away from wrestling, if anything, Nim. So yeah, it's interesting that you bring that up. It's, to me, that was sort of sour memories, uh, being a lifelong wrestling fan. And that is basically one of the genesis of why um, TNA was founded. Jeff Jarrett sort of said, well, you know, we can't only have one game in town because people need an alternative. You can't, you can't have Coke without having Pepsi. You can't have McDonald's without having like Burger King and stuff like that. So, And I thought Double J, Jeff Jarrett, was really smart in thinking that way because you look at it. I mean, we're recording this in 2021. The company is still going strong. There's a whole bunch of wrestlers out there that might not, for whatever reason, have got a good run in the WWE or AEW, but are absolutely flourishing. A guy like Moose, absolutely love him. He's awesome. Um, people like Diana Perazzo, she is one of the best female wrestlers on the planet, but there's no room for her in the WWE, no room for her in um aew you see other guys like rich swan who are getting a second chance at having a crack at it tommy dreamer veterans that are coming back and lending all of their help and if jeff jarrett hadn't started that company 19 years ago what would they be doing right now well that's a an excellent point right there and it's just spins me out to think that he still considers himself mr wwe jeff jarrett (laughs) he literally started and i'll go out and say this name right now tna is my favorite favorite you know, organization more so than WCW, more than AEW, WWE. For some reason, I've jumped on board this bandwagon. I've sat through some some of their more hard harder times, and you bring up a great point. Where would those people be? I guess on the indie scene, looking to hopefully make it into the AEW or the WWE. But thank goodness he did it because they really did lay a foundation for a whole sort of new generation. And so I guess they sort of challenged WD. WWE in a way, I don't think ever in a major way, but there's always been that audience for TNA out there, hasn't there? There really has. And you have to admit, there is a point in time, like I mentioned Kurt Angle, but roughly around that 2004 era where they finally got their TV show, Christian Cage uh, jumped over and that sort of became a springboard where where cats were actually sort of going, you know what, I'm going to go to Orlando rather than go to um, New York because 
yeah. you know, I like the schedule here. I like the, the wrestlers, the six-sided ring. With There's so much stuff that we have to unpack when we get into it. But we thought we'd start all the way at the beginning because you've just painted a picture of what wrestling was like back before the formation of TNA there for you, Nettie. So how did you first find out that TNA was on the scene? Oh, this is a fantastic story right here, Nim, and you're going to love this. My old man brain doesn't even remember. It's one of my things because you sent out a run sheet going, oh, this, 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 and this. I'm like, when did I discover TNA? But I am pretty sure. So, in an old herbs, don't quote me on this. <laughs> no, but I'm pretty sure I either, either discovered TNA through Insane Clown Posse like every other thing because I remember they wrestled in WCW, they wrestled in WWE, and then following the clowns throughout their career, I'm like, man, they're – jumped up on this scene called TNA. I need to check that out. Or the the other side of things there is it could be from our good friend, Jay Sal Herbert said, hey, go and check this out. But I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to be ICP because Jay, well, he hasn't brought much to the table, Nim. So I'm pretty sure that's how it would have been. And, and that was the alternate I was looking for because I've never hated on the WWE as such. It's just... I've enjoyed many of their shows and I really love the NXT product, but I've always followed that sort of more indie sort of more underground sort mm. of thing. Even when it comes to music and stuff like that, you sort of, you know, like to me, the WWE is like your big, you know, mainstream rock sort of thing. And then you've got these cooler sort of outside federations yeah. like DNA and your AEW. Yeah, yeah. Chris Jericho says it best. Um, he, he sort of says that like uh, the WWE, that's Disney. That's the machine. That'll yes. always be there. Whereas, you know, uh, like you said it perfectly with the music analogy. You're always going to have like, you know, John Farnham is always going to be able to fill out an arena somewhere. That's yeah. just a given, you know, same with Kiss. But maybe those little bands that we like, you know, like your friends or roms and stuff like that just that little yeah. fringe what has got a very passionate very vocal audience but compared to the mainstream sort of thing where it, it just doesn't sort of it, it's it's a different flavor and as double j jeff jarrett often says it's the alternative it's for the product it's it's for wrestling fans that for whatever reason don't really enjoy the WWE product they don't hate it but it just doesn't you know touch them in that special um that it doesn't sort of get them in that same level of attention that other things that they like might so it was very cool for me like for me personally i first got into tna because i'm a massive scott hall fan now i love scott hall and one of the greatest things uh about you know in 2021 is just seeing how scott hall has sort of cleaned up his life a little bit he's he's battles with personal demons and whatnot it's very well documented but he was a big get for tna wrestling because I followed him over and I'm just like, oh, this new TNA company. Plus, I'm a big fan of Double J. I loved him in WWF. Absolutely loved his run in WCW. I got the Slap Nuts t-shirt. In fact, I'm pretty sure I can look straight up on top of my bookshelf <laughs> and there is a Jeff Jarrett little uh, plush doll that I picked up from Nitro back in the day. I love that. Well, and just before you continue, sorry to chop you off there, Nims. Have you been down with TNA since day one. Is that the, is that what you're saying that you've known about TNA wrestling since it first started? Very much so. Very much so because yeah, I was right there. Cause I was very pumped. I was just so pumped uh, at the, at the loss, at the loss of WCW. I was just, it was weird because it just sort of seemed like, how does WCW go away? It's a company like it's always been WWF. It'd be like, if you wake up tomorrow 
and there's no sprite. It's like, sorry, man, it was always seven up. It's like, no, 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 sprite existed. It's like, nope. That's what was so weird. So when I saw that, like, and you got to look at some of these names too that first made it over to TNA, Scott Hall, uh, Ken Shamrock. Um, yeah. Those are the two main guys that I remember because everyone else I didn't really know too much about. And of course, Jeff Jarrett. But Jeff Jarrett, being that it was his company, very much sort of went into the background a little bit because he didn't want to be like, oh, look, he's just started a company just for the hell of it. So that was my first sort of uh, incarnation with TNA. And the funny thing I remember, because I was pretty big on the internet message boards back then, the first (laughs) thing that people used to say about NWA TNA was, whoa, when did Ken Shamrock get sideburns? Because it's like... (laughs) Come on, man. Like, it's it's just so That's weird. But, but the, and the other things too, you need to remember that, like, another thing that happened back in 2001 was, and this is how some of my other friends got on board the TNA bandwagon, was the WWE programming stopped on Foxtel. Like, from 2002, there was no SmackDown shown on um, TV. There was no Raw. So you had to either get it via tapes or download it overnight because things like you didn't have any streaming services. There was no YouTube. If you wanted to catch up, you had to just go on the internet, watch tiny little clips. But it's funny talking about this too, Azor, is it's like it makes it sound like we're from the dinosaur era. It really you does, know, doesn't we, it? We had to get this on the tapes and you know, <laughs> we'd download it overnight, and then sometimes it still wasn't there. Exactly. So it <laughs> was just it was just so bizarre. And so what main event did was they had NWA TNA pay-per-views like as a package so they'd get like a month worth of tna footage condense it down and then show it uh as like a monthly pay-per-view because there was no wwe pay-per-views they had to sort of like all of those wrestlemania posters that wrestlemania poster that you see there i picked up from a village cinema because that was the only way you could watch wwe programming back in 2003 bro i have no recollection of this at all i do not this is a phase of wrestling that I was talking about before when WCW sort of died and then the excitement of them popping up in those WWE arenas sort of died off. That must've been, I might not have been the only one who sort of fell away from it there for a little bit. It was a two or three year period, which you're talking about now. I have no recollection of that and definitely no recollection of there being impact or NWA TNA pay-per-views on Foxtel. You're saying. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's, it, it was a weird time because wrestling was very much not the flavor of the month. And for me, I've always loved wrestling. Like it could be popular. It could be not popular. I still wear it uh, like a badge of honor. I absolutely love it. But yeah. for a good two years, Nettie, because this is actually dead set true. Like TNA was living uh, on pay-per-views because there was no TV. They couldn't put it on a streaming service back then. So Jeff Jarrett actually did something rather, rather pioneer. Um, it was rather pioneering and, very risky too when you think about it in that he's selling weekly pay-per-views like all of these impact they weren't even impact episodes it was just like nwa tna one two three episode one two three four five six seven eight nine whatever that had um and you were just having to buy week by week by week uh 10 bucks a week which was a big ask back then or, 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 you know, you, you could pay like the, the, um, the 30 bucks and watch it like I did um, on main event back in the day. Wow. 
There you go. That That's an interesting piece of uh, trivia right there. I wonder if anyone else has been all over it. And I'm also just super hyped that you've been down since day one, because when I was looking back, I'm, I'm thinking about it. When did I discover it? I remember looking on the internet. I remember seeing too, man, that they had a, a lot of those guys from the WCW era on their roster too. Like you were talking about Scott Hall and Nash. And there was also Billy Gunn and the Road Dog, if I remember mm-hmm. right, but they were under different names and a couple of guys like that. So that was another attraction to to the brand there, Nim. Yeah, it it really was. The, the which is why a lot of people I think really uh, poo pooed the product at the start because everyone just sort of was like, oh, they're just these are just the guys the WWF doesn't want. So whatever, I'm not gonna I'm not giving a second look, but. There were some things there that stood out a little bit, not to the level that they do now or towards TNA's later years, because the first two years were very much building block years. Like they weren't anything that was out of the park, super duper outrageous, but you did have things like uh, Christopher Daniels was one of the guys that was first there. Uh, And I knew Christopher Daniels through his work on the movie Beyond the Map. I don't know if you remember that one from back in the day. Oh, Beyond the, who was Christopher Daniels on Beyond the Mat? He was there as, no, no, because they were following him and some other dude in their WWE tryout, remember? And they were just sort of like. Oh, no, I've, the old brains just ticked over. Was that Chris Daniels? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I, I need to rewatch that there because that's when they go into, I don't, I have not probably watched that in 20 years. Probably but same here. To draws in the wheelchair and all that sort of stuff that got swept under the, uh, under the mat sort of thing. Wow, yeah. that was Christopher Daniels, man. I need to go back and rewatch that. I have that somewhere. Yeah, same here. And and it's really insane because when you think about it, like when Beyond the Mat was filmed, there was no other wrestling companies here. So if so, Christopher Daniels, who is still wrestling today, a fantastic. Uh, he's one of he's one of the best wrestlers that has never been in a quote unquote major company until he went to TNA, and now he's in AEW as well. And we, I think we actually saw him live, didn't we, Nettie? Uh, we did. At a, at, a, at a show when he came down to Australia. But yeah, so this is a, another reason why you got to love TNA because without that, guys like AJ Styles. AJ Styles had a cup of coffee in the WW, in, in WCW. He had a tryout match yeah. against the Hurricane, which was doing um, all the rounds on an episode of WWF Metal which is like their weird Saturday morning show that was pre-taped. So guys like that, low key. Do you remember low key? Oh yeah. Do I want? Yeah. All of these dudes sort of made their mark in TNA wrestling. And it just really showed that you just had to sort of, it was the ex WWE guys and ex WCW guys that were the names for the casuals, but the hardcores were loving it due to the fact that you get to see, Oh, these are some talent that we don't normally see. Oh, definitely, man. And I remember you talking about that show. I'm trying to think what it was. It wasn't the International Assault. There was some TNA show that we went to before it was TNA. It was literally, and this will ring a bell for you because I didn't know you back then, but it was like two or three days before your birthday Mm -hmm. because it was two or three days before my wedding, like the first wedding. So that must have been 2005 throwing back there. Mm -hmm. And I saw Christopher Daniels and AJ Styles in like a best of three series match in Melbourne in front of probably... 200 people and it was one of the most phenomenal well yeah phenomenal things i've ever seen it was absolutely insane were you at that show nim i think i, I don't think i was uh mainly because because i wasn't i i, I that must have gone under the radar for me that one because it was very very small herbs was there 
And it, it was crazy. It was Herbs, Anna and I, and it was insane. It's before I'd even really seen anything of TNA. So I look back and I'm like, wow, I saw AJ Styles wrestle in his prime in front of, you know, next to nobody. Because I remember there were shows pre-TNA called World Wrestling All-Stars that were there. Yeah, the WWA, yes. Yeah. Now, I remember going to those shows, um, and you're right, there were like International Salt, and there was like World Series Wrestling. I think it might have been the World Series Wrestling one that you're talking about. Because these, think so. mm, And, you know, all they would do would just, they'd get down, and maybe you'd have like one quote-unquote big name, like, oh, and Hardcore Holly's there. It's like, cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would have been sold on that, man. Yeah. I still remember seeing like a a backyard wrestling or whatever it's called out here, the Outback Wrestling, and it's like, oh, they've got Shelton Benjamin coming. I need to go and see that. Like, yeah. that is cool. Yeah, hell yeah. So so TNA really was like a place where these guys would would flourish. But I want to – let's dial it back a little bit more too because like – so can you remember one of the first TNA matches that you watched back in the day? Oh, you're throwing it back to one of the first TNA matches back in the day. Look, man, this is another thing that goes back to my old man brain. Mm -hmm. But the first real one that stands out, and this would not have been the first match that I remember. No, of course not. But just the one that sort of like sticks out in your mind. The one that sticks out the most was – and I've never been a huge fan of the guy was Kurt Angle and Samoa Joe. Do you remember when they had the battle back in the day on TNA? I do, yeah. couldn't tell you when it was. Oh, six, I think. Pretty, yeah. Oh, six. There you go. I'm pretty sure they had this epic three sort of best of three series and man, that had just main event feel to it. And it was just on the impacts. And I tell you what, that's, that was, and I just couldn't get over how good Samoa Joe was being such a larger built man and how agile, like, you know, he's just jumping over the ropes. Like it's nobody's business. The guy that's three times the size of our old friend Herbs back when he was out of shape and he was just floating through the air and put on an absolute clinic, him and Kurt Angle. And I believe Kurt Angle was released from the WWE at that stage because they thought he was, what was it? Like he, he was wrestling too much or he was in, he was he was a danger to himself, basically. That's like was, they were sort yeah. of telling him, like, mate, you need to you need to let your body heal up. You need to and he's like, No, no, I can keep going. And that was just the mindset that he had. Because remember, this is a guy that won <laughs> he won a gold medal at the Olympics with a broken neck. So yeah. clearly Kurt knows, oh, what do you guys know? <laughs> like I love I that right there, So you know, you, you can't really hate on the WWE. And I, I never will I'll never bag out the company. I still love WWE. I'll watch it whenever I can. There they are looking out for the guy. Probably don't want to have an injury. He's like, screw you guys. I'm going to TNA. And man, I'm so glad he did because some matches and stuff that he had there were absolutely insane. But that's the that's the one that, you know, sings out the most to me. So it's not bad for me, man. 15 years ago. That is pretty good because like the thing is like, I, cu- I couldn't tell you. I cu- I'll tell you right now. I could not tell you things that stood out for me in the first couple of years. In the pre-impact, as in when I say impact, the TV show impact because it took yeah. about two years for uh, NWA TNA to actually get onto TV. So it, I couldn't tell you, I, I can remember smidgets of stuff that was really cool back in the day, like in that little run. Like I can remember the Ken Shamrock versus Ron, the truth killings sort oh, of I've feud, got truth. Yes. Which was very, very cool. And, and having our uh, truth become the first ever black NWA champion, uh, which is, which is insane when you think about it. It took, it took till like 2002 for that to happen, but ridiculous. Yeah. A strange thing there. But, um, but like, 
I also remember uh, the AJ Styles low key and like amazing red do matches uh, for the X Division yeah, Championship. Yeah, man, you got my notes, dude. <laughs> we haven't prepared tonight. So these, these amazing red, wow. Where the hell is he these days? I sorry, don't know. Going. I was just thinking to myself, I'm like, what is he doing <laughs> these days? Like, because surely yeah. some of these other guys, like, I'm sure Low Key is still doing his little bit here and there. He's lost his mind. Low Key's gone completely mad these days. He's crazy. And I remember when Hulk Hogan took over from TNA, they had that big meeting. And, you know, this is sort of jumping off board a lot. But he's like, if anyone's not down with me now, brother, walk out now. And Loki's like, Loki was the only one that did it. He was like, screw <laughs> <laughs> And in hindsight, damn, you were right, Loki. <laughs> but you reckon, man, he ruined that federation. I love Hulk, but he ruined TNA there for a bit. Loki knew, he read the, he read the tea leaves. He's like, nah, man, I'm done. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it well. Loki's like, nah, screw you, Hogan. I'm gone. And he, that was, he left. That was, and I can't wait to touch on that when we get into later episodes of Maximum Impact. But that was yeah. a weird time for, no, for, for TNA. But, but like, so in the pre, pre-TV era, when it was just the weekly pay-per-views and uh, pay-per-views on main events, there weren't really big things that stood out. There was another cool little thing that was... Um, Raven. Raven had this like storyline oh, yes. where he really wanted the NWA World Championship. So there were some very cool things, but just because, you know, this is a weekly pay-per-view thing and I'm watching bit by bit by on the internet by little grabs on the internet and stuff like that, mm-hmm. it's hard to sort of like remember back then. I mean, people now probably are probably listening to this going, Oh, come on, old man, can't you dial it back up? It's just like, well, you know what? I probably could go on the impact app and relive some of this which I might actually do. Maybe that's what we should do for the next episode. We'll watch the first NWA TNA. Uh, that's a fantastic pay-per-view. idea, man. I should have listened to reliving the war and, you know, <laughs> and, and thought about that. Right. That is a brilliant idea there, Nim. That's what, and- that's what you call a meeting on air between me and Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> people listening watching we often do describe ourselves as two old men and you can see we jump back and forth a little bit i've already jumped 25 episodes in to talk about hulk hogan and whatnot but yeah that's a that's a fantastic idea other things too that really stood out for me was in this era we had first off like people also need to sort of recognize that at this point in time if you miss something, you missed something. Like, you know how now, if you, hell, if you miss an NBA game, jump on a game pass. You could rewatch it like 20 minutes later after the game finishes. You couldn't do that back then. So you had to really be up to date with stuff. And thankfully, like, imagine now, Nettie, because you and I, we got very busy lives. You know, we've got, well, when you're an adult, you don't have as much free time as you did when you were a teenager. That's just a fact of life. So, yeah. If it wasn't for the fact that, you know, you'd have the Impact Plus app and Game Pass and in my case, like KO to watch supercars and things like that, we'd never get it. We'd never watch anything because how much of a backlog do you have to catch up? Yeah, yeah, very true. It's a, We take it for granted, I think. Mm. So that's just how weird it was back then. But what is what else are some of your other takeaways from TNA? When you first saw like TNA and the six-sided ring and some of the cats that were in that arena like it was just so different to wwe wasn't it yeah it was and i've got i've got two notes here that we totally skipped past because i haven't even looked at my notes names <laughs> but i wanted to say we were talking about international sold a little bit earlier there and i remember rhino and the rove thing so this was different to the aj styles one a different show i'm i'm pretty sure mm-hmm. <laughs> it might not have been but anyway <laughs> Rhino come out and people were chanting ECW and Rhino picked up the microphone, if I remember right, Hmm. and said, 
much love to ECW, blah, blah, blah. Like he didn't disrespect it all, but now I want you to chant TNA. I remember him saying that at this and I'm like, man, I am sold on this federation because it was sick. And, you know, Rhino, the man that doesn't age, he was the absolutely highlight of the international assault back in those days, man. But what else stood out to me about TNA? The first things first, I am a major fan of gimmicks, Nim. Yep. The six-sided ring, that had me straight away. I'm just like, wow, it's different. It's cool. Like, it just, it just the impact zone itself just... It just, there was something special about it, man. Like you knew something crazy was going to happen as soon as they stepped into that six-sided ring. I've got like what you were talking about earlier with the old school wrestlers going in there, like your national halls and whatever, that, whatever man. But the matches they put on, there's a, a lot of gimmicks and stuff happening there, man. Like with your Ultimate X, the X Division itself. Like you, yeah. to this day, the heyday of the X Division, you know, back when it was like AJ Styles and that unmatched. Yeah. I honestly... Honestly, think that there like, was I think nothing that was else like it. Heavyweight championship, yeah. Like the X division, just absolute gold. Twelve out of ten, and you know, just other stuff too. Being a fan of the hardcore wrestling, haven't even mentioned him on this show yet. But Abyss, mm-hmm. amazing man. Like that's a brutal, scary gentleman right there. Him and the Monsters Ball matches, they stood out. It just had me hook, line, and sinker. So I guess what you're saying, asking there, what stood out the most, man, the gimmick matches, just being a fan of that little bit extra than just your regular side matches and just the amazing athleticism, the X division, dude. And, you know, we can throw back and say, like, AJ Styles is still going strong to this day, but we saw him in the heyday back in TNA. Hell yeah. And another cool thing is, yeah, there he is. There he is, boy, AJ Styles. Yeah, I've just pulled out the AJ Styles collection number one. I've got number two somewhere as well, but man, there is some brilliant matches on there. But sorry to chop you off again. I'll cut you off again, Nim. All good, bro. Because when it's talking about uh, some of the good things about TNA, interrupt all you want, my brother. One more thing too that was very cool back in the day. I don't know if you remember it as well, but do you remember Team Canada? Yes, Team Canada, man. Of course I remember them. That had little Petey Pump on there, if I remember correctly. That's right. Williams himself. And that Scott Demore guy, yeah? Yeah, Scott Demore, who's now doing some good stuff with Impact as well. We also he saw the first guy. ever... Uh, Team Canada was actually the first time we saw guys like Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode, who is still wrestling on SmackDown today. Yeah, of course. Beer. Money. money. <laughs> There's something you just... You just um, jogged my memory because we can't remember well sorry we can't well obviously we can't remember but you've just jogged my memory do you remember wildcat chris harris and james storm oh yes i do man yes i do and that's just jogged my memory even further of there was a match with him on it and some crazy guy went off the top of the six sides of steel and it was one of the most nuts things i've ever seen and it was against those guys can't remember who it was though need to do more research <laughs> yeah wildcat i reckon he popped back up not too long ago is that does that sound familiar to you wildcat chris harris he sort of took a bit of a break uh from wrestling because uh he's kind of looking like our old old jay used to uh at the moment but uh yeah, i do i do know that and we need to pop a picture of old jay up there just for the nostalgia feels right there a side-by-side comparison name but i'm pretty sure and when i say oh he just popped up recently it could be in the last you know five to ten years but he did pop back up after a while on on one of these shows yeah he did uh, and james storm had i think it was like i, I want to say it's like his thousandth impact match they celebrated that recently 
Was it thousandth or? Yes, yes, that is 100% true. That happened in my big impact binge that we've, we've just, we, that I've just gone on that. So that was this year. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that's so cool to sort of see, like, you know, James Storm is a guy that was in that's impact through and through. Not only that, but like you mentioned the monster abyss. Now abyss was one of the first sort of, uh, he was a real homegrown sort of TNA guy. Like we talk about AJ Styles. I think if you want to talk about guys that are just TNA through and through AJ Styles, abyss, uh, who else would there be? Daniels. Like, yeah, yeah, Christopher Daniels. But the reason I think I a, uh, the the reason I think though that like Abyss stands out so much is because he wasn't like he. This is a guy where if if you, if we could like turn back the clock and put say Abyss in the ring with the Undertaker, that oh, would be yeah. a legit sort of like that's a one hundred percent dream match. Like Abyss was just mental like remember he had the like the baseball bat uh janice with the with the nails and stuff like that janice was gnarly man i remember it and i'm gonna get hated on here by every keyboard warrior on the planet they're gonna hunt me down and only one person will have my my back on this and that's jay sal herbert i think abyss in his heyday would have tore apart the undertaker ripped him off the top rope and bam 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 abyss (laughs) was gnarly man and yeah you wouldn't want to mess with janice it was it was crazy then because it was just one of those gimmicks that like because it wasn't on because especially too this was one of the benefits that NWA TNA had because it was on paper every night they could do these wild brawls they could do these hardcore stuff because they're not on network TV they didn't have like you know PG ratings they had no ratings it was just buy our pay per view this is what you get yeah hell yeah man and I'll tell you what something that we skip past here. The commentators, man, for me in TNA, Don West back in the day. I just love that man. Don West, he's just absolutely awesome. And I've also got Mike Tanay here. Controversial amongst my uh, Reliving the War friends, but I love Mike Tanay, man, <laughs> and Don West. Those, those guys, ultimate combination right there. And boom. I don't even know when that even started with Donnie West, but man, he used to just – he was a little bit like myself. Like you just don't know what he's going to say next. Like, and you know, you look back and you're like, damn, I shouldn't have said that. I'm pretty sure Don West would get that quite regularly. Like, I, man, I shouldn't have said that. Like, I remember he had a beer with a, with an alcoholic at one stage. <laughs> it's <was just> like, <laughs> he, and he's like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. He, he was just one of those guys. But the thing, the thing I liked about uh, Don West was because he was a fan. He was literally a guy that loved wrestling and he was there. He wasn't like an expert. He was there to give you that reaction. <laughs> and, and like Mike Tanay is the expert. It's like Mike Tanay is there to provide, you know, all the little things like, you know, Oh, and psychosis used to wrestle. Da, 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 da. Whereas Don West was this there like, Holy crap. Did you just see that? That was awesome. <laughs> and that's why we love Don West. While we, while we're on the uh, top talking about Don West, he's actually in a bit of a bad way at the moment. He's been diagnosed with like uh, a brain lymphoma or something. A lot of the wrestling world has gone and has gone and, you know, shown a lot of love for him and, and he's in very good spirits. And uh, um, to, to any of the TNA, all the TNA family that, uh, and impact family, you know, are showing him a lot of love and uh, he, it's good to see though, that he's in good spirits, but you talk about the commentary team too. I know we're skipping a forward ahead too, and we're jumping here and there, but this is the first episode. We and we're getting into our little TNA nostalgia feels here. But 
Oh, we most definitely aren't. I must say, just before you go on with that, Nims, it's much like you. You're describing maximum impact there. Nims Azor is the Mike Tanay. Like, he knows what he's talking about, whatever. <laughs> I'm the excited guy. I'm the Don West. There you go. So on with it, my friends. You need to do some of those brown paper bag deals that he used to do on Shop Impact <laughs> back in the day. They were, they were really awesome. I love them. I'm actually looking into getting Madman Matt Grace to do some Madman's Mad Monday specials. <laughs> In a, in a Don West type thing when we get the merch line back up and running. I will pay good money to see that. I would love yeah. to see that. But one of the things too, like we can't overlook if we're talking commentators, Taz and Mike Tanay. Now oh. that was a, a solid lineup that was. Yeah, I mean, like I wasn't one hundred and ten percent sold on Taz. I, I was more of a, a Don West guy. But yeah, no, I agree, man. I love it, man. Taz just sort of seemed to be like Taz and Mike Tanay as a combination together. It used to always sort of feel like Mike Tanay was just really annoyed at Taz. Like, man, what are you doing? We've got a match to do. And Taz just seemed like, yeah, this is really cool in the Impact Zone. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like he'd never seen. It's like every day was like he was like a brand. He was like a child that's seeing things for the first time. Like, oh, that was pretty cool, Cole. <laughs> oh, but just so so cool back in the day. Uh, one other thing that. Uh, sorry, go on, Nanny. No, no, I was just gonna say I had. I haven't even talked to, we were talking about Abyss before as well. And these are these things that originally stand out. We haven't even talked about LAX or the Motor City Machine Guns. And the tag team division there is a, is a step ahead. You mentioned uh, when you were talking about Kevin Nash, uh, some of the best. And these are, just to give you an idea of how old this is, go onto YouTube and look up Kevin Nash and Alex Shelley doing the paparazzi production stuff. I remember that. It is some of the funniest stuff you will ever see. And it's not in, I'm warning you now, it's not in high definition because this is an era of TNA that wasn't in HDTV, wasn't a thing back then. So anyone that's watching it on their Chromecast or anything like this, oh, why is the quality so yuck? It's because it was from 2005, guys. It was a different time. (laughs) (laughs) But. But, and that's and that's the sort of thing. That's another genesis of TNA having the old guys mixed with the young guys. You mentioned it, Nettie, with uh, Samoa Joe and Kurt Angle, Kevin Nash and Chris Saban. That was another thing that sort of two styles just meshing together that was so good. And even later on, when we and even to this day, when we sort of see like Tommy Dreamer wrestling guys like Brian Myers, it's all about it's all about uh, history mixed with now. TNA, uh, at least that's how I sort of see it. They've got the perfect blend, don't they, of veterans and young talent, which is what they did back in the day, sort of as well. Like you're saying, and I, you've got me just thinking about that too. That's when Kevin Nash ran through the X division, isn't it? Like he was just did a total number on it. That was some very, very good sort of unlived days for many people, which hopefully the idea of maximum impact here is that we can get some, you know, fans to go back and check these out because there's some absolute gold there that could be undiscovered for a lot of people. You talk about the Motor City Machine Guns too. There, there are so many, like, I know that they still wrestle to this day and they still sort of do, um, and a lot of the people that we talk about do wrestle now as well. Like, it's not like a lot of them don't wrestle. Maybe Amazing Red, I don't know what he's doing, but, and guys like, yeah, but like, but the thing is like, they are still wrestling now. Yes. And they're still doing great stuff, but this is them. Like they're youthful. They're at their peak. 
TNA was the time where you saw them at their absolute best. Think of it like this. It'd be great to see Kiss in 1977 as opposed to 2007. That's a very, very good way to think of it right there. It's like, yes, they play all the songs that you know and love, but they're not at the like that awesome era that they were back in the day. That's kind of like when you saw Taker and Ric Flair here in Australia, right? Oh, is it? It's not Taker and Ric Flair, sorry. Hogan. Oh, Hogan, Hogan and Flair. See, there's the old man brain kicking in. It's like, Nim saw Hogan wrestle Flair. That's amazing. But you said it was like two old men sort of going at it. It was like watching two pensioners uh, hit each other <laughs> with chairs. And then, oh, man, I think I'll, I'll, I've got, I'm pretty sure I've got a... <laughs> a photo i'll dial it up for you so you can see this daddy but my oh my it is just one of those things where i'm just like look i'm i'm so glad i was able to see this match but at the same time i'm also very very disappointed that it's not at its prime yeah that's a, a great example to put it like that right there because you did see two legends go at it but maybe just a little bit past their peak it's you'd think oh, i'll tell the grandkids about this one yeah. It's one of those ones where you go, where you're like, oh, it was a real, like, you know, I got to see two legends wrestle. How was it? Uh... <laughs> they really were at this stage, two legends. Correct, man. Correct. I can't seem to, feel, like, my old man brain can't seem to be scrolling through uh, my Facebook to try and find that photo. But we'll put, I'll put it, I'll put a little thing up here so we can all see it when we get the video. But man, it, it, TNA was just like some of these guys and it's just so funny because do you remember when AJ Styles made his WWE debut like at the Royal Rumble and oh, we were, do I what man I'm pretty sure we were you were there with me yeah yeah we yeah. Were together, we, yeah it was our traditional uh yearly watch the Royal Rumble but um the thing that really stood out the most about that was everyone knew who he was like there was it wasn't like a oh who's this guy and for a guy that hasn't ever wrestled in WWE ever, he only had a cup of coffee there back in 2001 with the Hurricane. And for him to come out against Roman Reigns in his debut and have people cheer him just goes to show you that while a lot of people do hate on TNA, they might, to quote um, to quote our buddy Jay, shit on it from a great height. <laughs> <laughs> that there was a lot of people watching TNA because if he came out and there was crickets, you could say, see, no one watches TNA, but to have an entire arena scream and cheer and go, Oh my God, it's AJ Styles. That's got to say something about TNA. AJ Styles, you know, as good as him, but like they didn't get the same pop that he did. Why do you think that was? Yeah. I just think it's because, well, AJ Styles is just, actually that's that's actually this is you talk about phenomenal you've just jogged my memory that first cheer that aj got uh it was even before he came out because the titantron the screen just said i am phenomenal and once once phenomenal came up on the screen everyone stood up and lost their mind because it's like if you say phenomenal in wrestling, you only are talking about one guy, AJ Styles. Exactly. Yeah, it's a great point that you put there too. It makes you realize like how many people must have known about him despite, you know, saying how like, yeah, people talking bad about TNA that whole time. Never even really thought about it like that until now. But yeah, he got a 
absolute applaud. Like he, they were hype for him. And you remember too, Nettie, uh, going back to like, we'll talk about NXT. Like so many guys came into the WWE and they got new names and stuff like that. Samoa Joe came into the WWE as Samoa Joe. Like there was nothing different about him. Yeah. It was just straight up. It's like, this is Samoa Joe. You all know about Samoa Joe. Nuff yeah, said. Yeah, can't change his name. Nuh-uh. <laughs> it's interesting, though, because it, it doesn't it work the same way with WWE wrestlers or TNA wrestlers going into WWE because when they come across, they always have to change their name. Like, I think um, I think the smart thing with them, um, with the thing that TNA had that the WWE never did is TNA used to always let you work other places. Like, yeah. so they'd be able to, they never had, because, and this is one of the things about um, Jeff Jarrett, because obviously uh, when you do it, when you're a startup company, I guess you want to get as much people on as board as possible. So there was always the like, well, you know, we, we can't just expect these guys to, you know, put all their faith in a little startup company. So we got to let them work elsewhere. So a lot of them own their own names, which is kind of good. Um, Cause I can't, the only person I could think of, that had to change their name when they went to WWE was uh, Monty Brown. He became Marcus Convore, uh, which I don't quite know why he picked that name, but uh, sadly he, he left wrestling early because of, I think he had some family issues and stuff like that. And he just thought, look, life on the road's not going to do it for me. So I'm going to have to go and full respect to him and good on him. But because he was uh, Monty Brown. Yeah. He's another star that people, overlook and and he was a guy that the wwf thought was good enough and took him on board marcus there you go well yeah no that's interesting right there just one of those things that i've always wondered yeah and look we could go reminiscing about tna for ever and a day but that is why we've started this maximum impact uh podcast here on the gray wolf network and look share some of your favorite tna memories too we'd love to see it just like you know jump in our dms tag at gray wolf ent because we would love to hear what you've got to say i'm sure there's much more tna fans out there they're all coming out of the woodwork now because it's we're getting that sort of age of nostalgia and people think because when you look at it this way yes aew is a great flavor of the month right now it's doing a fantastic product but without aew without tna there is no aew i'm just putting it out there i don't reckon there'll be an nxt either if it wasn't for if it wasn't for uh tna because at this point in time, it was just like, how do uh, the best way I can put it is like, if you're at a buffet uh, or at a pizza hut, WWE is one pizza. Just like, nope. If you don't like pepperoni, you can't like, that's it. But what if you that's like pizza? But, yeah. It's like TNA showed that, you know, you can have other flavors. You can do whatever you want. And people got on board it. So man, we got to, we got to take People need to take their hat off and respect TNA a little bit more because one, it is still going. It is that little engine that could. Oh, hell yeah, it is. Just turned 19 today. Look the hell out. Impact Wrestling, Nims has all been there since day dot <laughs> as well, which is something that I only found out today. But yeah, it's been the it's been a staple in my adulthood, I guess, because I was over 20 by the time I discovered it. So just an amazing federation, and I'm glad to have been there since the start. Well, 
close enough to it. Close enough to the start. You're on the ground floor. That's that's the way it was. And, and look, later on, we're going to be talking about some other things because like we we had TNA nights. Do you remember every Monday after work, Nettie, we'd come around to your house and we'd watch uh, the latest episode of Impact. Like that oh, that was the sort that was the sort of stuff that has never that hasn't happened since like Nitro days where you'd have Nitro parties or Raw parties and stuff like that. Trust me, we were well past the edge of having parties, but we all gathered around and we watched Impact. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? What we're going to do is, so next edition of um, Maximum Impact here on the Grey Wolf Network, we're going to have a look at some of the pay-per-views. We'll talk about some of our favorite ones, like you know, the Hardcore Justices, the Lockdowns, things like that. We will delve into, but Nettie, man, it has been an absolute pleasure to sit down, chew the fat, talk TNA, rejig and jumpstart our old man brains and uh, get it up and running so we can remember some of this stuff too. Hasn't won a Zor. It really hasn't. It's just reminded me like, man, we really are old. That's reminded me one thing right there because we're like, oh, I remember this, this, and we're jumping from here and there. But when it comes to TNA, there is just so much that we can look into, so much that we can talk about. We are, we're not even talking about these days. We're not even talking about the Hulk Hogan era. There's just hmm. so much more to sink the teeth in, so to speak, Nims. But this has been great to throw all the way back to the early days. And and it just show, goes to show as well, like you always say to me, there's many more of us like us like us out there. It's just, you know, finding them. So hopefully we'll find a whole bunch more of uh, TNA fans through Maximum Impact. I, I've said this to you thousands of times, Nanny. Like when you think about it, it is pretty, it's pretty cool that uh, you and I, before we, before we met and became friends, were living two completely separate lives that were pretty much exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going for right there, man. Agreed. And I got to introduce you to the one and only Jace L. Herbert. Oh, my buddy Do by choice. I don't. <laughs> But yeah, make sure that you, the best way to, to stay in touch with us is to follow Grey Wolf Entertainment on all the socials at Grey Wolf ENT. You could follow me on my personal Twitter page at Doc Nims. You could follow Nettie at his at Ned underscore Tepper. And of course, while you're at it, why not give some of our other, um, the other brands a bit of a follow to give some love to magic ninja entertainment give some love to magic ninja australia give some love to the underground australia you got some pretty cool interviews coming up too on the underground too Nettie. i see oh yeah man always keeping busy there right at the moment we've got chris calico caught up with him recently there's a bunch howard jones from light the torch that one's coming out soon and yeah caught up with the oh the horror boys from magic ninja entertainment their side label welcome to the underground there's a bunch happening there man thank you for uh shouting those out hell yeah and the best place to stay in touch too we'll have all the information down the bottom uh, where you can follow us on uh, twitter youtube all of that good stuff but yeah we ain't going anywhere so if you're a tna fan come out of the woodwork because we want to hear from you so uh like our facebook page too we'll provide links and all that sort of good stuff but uh yeah it's, we will see you next time for another big edition of maximum impact netty it's been fun hell yeah as well. This has been another presentation from the Grey Wolf Entertainment Network, greywolfentertainment.net.